Well, welcome everybody back to the Community Christian Church Weekly Podcast. I'm Jason. Got Ed and Nathan here with me Hello? once again today. Oh, I am Nathan. No, uh, no. you're not. Stop confusing no. the listeners. Yeah. Come on, Ed. For our one Spotify listener who can only <laughs> hear this. We do have one Spotify listener. Thank you, We were Spotify so happy to, to see that you have subscribed. We're so, going to start calling you Spotty. Okay. Oh. We would love for more of you to get on Spotify. It helps our algorithm. That's my mention of the week. Every week he brings it up. But we do want you to subscribe, whether you're on Apple Podcasts or uh, Google Play or Spotify. Mash that button. Mash that button. Uh, and YouTube. YouTube. If we, we get enough, we uh, can be monetized. We and like I, monetization. I like monetization. We won't personally get it because it's the church's I page. Know, but, but, you know. I didn't understand that was part of the deal when I signed up for this. We personally won't get any. Okay. Right. The church's YouTube channel. So thanks for you guys tuning in. And I want to say thank you to all of you who sent in questions. We actually yes. have questions this week. And, we're gonna and get a fair to amount of questions. We, we got more questions than we're going to get to today. That's right. Wow. Which is awesome. A bounty. A bounty. A bounty. Questions. A cornucopia. So, of questions. So right. keep sending them in. If you don't hear your uh, question get answered today. I hear people opening dictionary.com. That's right. <laughs> That's going to be my thing. I'm going to be dictionary.com guy. Urban dictionary. That's oh, going to be my thing. I can't even imagine what cornucopia is. Yeah, don't look that up. Don't look it up. If it's not endorsed by me. Mentioned wow. not endorsed. I feel like a train, direct, train conductor yeah, who has lost control. It's a little tough. Well, it's okay. Tough. As I was saying, every you, Martin family meal. That's you, right. We just yeah. tossed Jason in in the middle of it. Uh, that's not a meal I want to be a part of. I know. No. Neither right. do we. So we're going to get to as many questions as we can, uh, but keep sending them in. Uh, so the link is going to still be there in the description of the podcast and or YouTube. So use that link. Keep using it and send us questions and we will get to them as we can. We're going to try to get to at least three today. Uh, that's my plan anyway. So I just keep hearing applause. I, I knew as soon I as I thinking, heard it. I think I'm not gonna be there's applause happening, but it's not so, happening. Somewhere anymore. elsewhere in the church building, there's another group using our facilities yes. and they are doing presentations, I assume, and they applauded at the end of one. And uh, I knew that uh, Ed thought someone was applauding him I, for Well what I thought is, you know, I've always heard that when you go to heaven you get the applause of heaven. I thought <laughs> I'm coming! That's right. Here about I come. that time. Because it could happen at any moment. <laughs> any moment. <laughs> okay. So let's get right to the questions. How about it? All right. All right. Like that sounds that? good. That let's sounds good. All right. So here are the questions that you sent in to us to it's answer. It's your fault. It's all your fault. Here's what the first question says. It says, hey, guys, I currently have four devotionals that I read every morning along with my Bible. My question is, do you read devotionals in the morning? And if so, which is your favorite? Who wants to start? Um... I do not uh, read any devotionals. I did. Uh, I I did over. Uh, did like a family devotional as we were trying to do uh, Advent time with my ah. daughters. But no, none in the morning for me. Mainly, uh, I'm in a discipleship group. <laughs> this is your discipleship group this mention of the. Uh, group so uh, I read. I read whatever we're currently reading right now. We are currently reading the Book of Ephesians. We just came out of the Book of Mark, and then I have a couple other throughout the day that I'll read different parts of the Bible, but just mainly uh, the Bible. Yeah, and, uh, and well, all three of us talked about this before we went on uh, and recorded. Um, I haven't done a devotional book, per se, in years. Uh, I did for a while, and um, uh, I, think, I think it kind of, for me, it, it 
forced, it actually led me to read books more than it led me to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. In fact, I fell in love more with the author than I did actually reading my Bible. So I, I pulled back from that. Yeah, me too. I, when, I was, when I knew we had this question, I think 25 years or so, I haven't read a devotional book. It didn't lead me to where I hoped. I hoped it would lead me to read the Bible more, but it took the Bible and cut it in these little chunks, and then I would read what the person said, and I liked what the person said, yeah. and I'd focus more on it than actually what the Bible verse said. And since I studied the Bible, like both of you all have, I'd eventually go to, oh, that's not even what that verse is talking yeah, about. Occasionally, yeah, occasionally, This person yeah. has written about something. What they've written about is good stuff, yeah. and I liked it, but it's not even really what that verse is about. Right. And yeah. So I had to struggle with it. So I also am in discipleship, and so, you know, that's what I read. I read, yeah. I read what we're reading in discipleship, and then that's, that's it. I read some other books, but, yeah, that's my time. Well, and, for, and the other thing uh, for me on devotionals is that it often gave me really good thoughts, um, but it rarely ever led me to do anything, mm. if you know what I'm saying. It, it, didn't, it didn't lead me much to action. It, and, and this is just for me because this is, my, this is my personality type. I really enjoy learning a lot. I like reading and just taking in information, but it's also something I have to guard against because okay. I can just constantly feed my mind mm -hmm. and feel like I'm growing and not do anything with what I'm reading, and I can deceive myself sometimes. Yeah. So that is one of the reasons I currently am not reading them. So. Well, and I think a good point out of what you just said right there, and I think this happens, this is kind of a uh, bridge from our last series about habits. In the book Atomic Habits, they talk a lot about, um, there's this whole section where he talks about the difference between motion and action. Are those <laughs> the differences that he makes? Mo there's motion and there's action. I think so. And that... Often what it is, is you're doing things that feel like you're doing something. You're, you're moving and you're doing things, but it's not actually producing much. And so in, in, to your point, and I thought this was a good point you made, sometimes we, we get so caught up in, the, in the, the knowledge game of I'm learning a lot and I didn't know this, but it's not until I actually take the knowledge I have and put it in action mm -hmm. that things are actually, actually moving. There's a lot of pedaling on a stationary bike until yeah. I actually put the wheels on the pavement in a yeah. So I think that's a, a, a good point out of that as well. I, I do want to say, you know, if, to this person, because obviously, I mean, you're doing four, yes, yeah. and I gather maybe, it, it sounds like to me, I don't know who you are, that you're reading four plus the Bible, it even sounds like. Mm -hmm. So if you're getting benefit out of them, we're not trying to discourage you no, at absolutely all. Not. And you just asked us what we do. What we do. We, we don't, any of us personally read devotionals. It's just not where we currently are. If, you know, so... I do yeah. read books. Yeah, but yeah. Not devotional. But. Um, yeah, I'm like you. I love learning. Yes. Always have. So right now, as you both know, I'm reading what amounts to like a reference book. It's not mm -hmm. even really supposed to be. A, Nerd alert! <laughs> I'm reading a, mm -hmm. a reference book that is just thrilling to me. And unfortunately, I, and I can't wait for him to finish it because I wanted to give it to me. Well, then we found out just a, a moment ago we're reading the same yeah, book. Yeah, he told me. I came in his office and I said, "Oh, you're reading that book too," and it's a Big old. Yeah, it's supposed to sit on your shelf, and you go get it when you want to know something. And I just go, I'm just going to read it because I do it. love yeah. the guy that wrote it okay. and his insights. And so, turns out the three of us read the exact same <laughs> boring things <laughs> yeah. that no one else is reading. They're so. never going to ask us this question. No. That's right. <laughs> very exciting to me, though. Yeah, it's really. Yes, I really. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying I'm, it I'm very much. I'm into it, and I just like, oh my gosh, that's that's thrilling. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now we got to go do something. <laughs> yes. Now I need to do something with it. Okay. 
All right, uh, here's the second question we got. Um, and this one does is a throwback to our last series about uh, working on starting good habits and changing our bad habits. And the question was, what is a first step in changing a bad habit? And this person gave us a specific habit that they're struggling with that they want to get over. So I think we can speak to this habit, but I think you're going to, hopefully we can add some generic kinds of stuff that'll help with pretty much any bad habit. But mm -hmm. this specific bad habit, he says, my habit is I keep talking over people. Mm -hmm. And he wants to stop this bad habit. So my first thought on this, I'll just, I'll just jump in first. My first thought on this is um, it sounds a lot like a habit that I had to stop uh, in my marriage. And here's how it goes. If I'm, I'm a typical guy, and whenever my wife comes to me with something and, and talks to me about things, um, I really want to jump in and fix it. I want to mm -hmm. jump in and tell her the right answer and the, and the, and the problem. I want to solve the problem as soon as possible. And so I was also finding that I was jumping ahead of when she wasn't even done talking. And a lot of times she just really needed a sounding board. She's more of an external processor. And so she needed to just hear it out loud, talk it over with me and us work to the solution together. And so when I realized I was doing that, I wanted to stop doing that. I actually in, asked her to help me. Um, I said, hey, look, I don't want to do that anymore because I realize that that's frustrating to you. And so would you tell me when you notice that I'm doing that? I give you permission to speak into my life and tell me that that's something I'm doing. And I will do my best to stop that um, and, not, and not jump in and, and give you plenty of time to talk. And it helped me. So I would say to you, you know, if you've got some people that you probably know, there are some people that I just do this with more than others. In, in, invite them into your mm -hmm. effort to stop the habit and say, hey, I'm trying to quit this habit. I don't want to do this anymore. I tend to do this when you're around. Help me. Point this out to me. I'm an open book kind of thing. And I, that, and we talked about invo involving other people in our mm -hmm. habit right. creation. That's just one way of doing that. So that was my first thought on it. I agree. And I think it sounds like he's already done it. And you certainly did. You did. I think the first step in stopping anything that you want to stop is to make sure you have named for sure what you want to stop instead of often I want to stop the consequences of my bad behavior mm. instead of the behavior itself. So I don't want to hurt my wife's feeling or yep. I don't want to be the jerk in the room that always, I don't want to be that guy I can tell everybody looks at me and what I want is I don't really want to control my behavior of having to have the last word or having to have the first word or having to, so I don't ever name what the real problem is. So yes. for me it's always I really want this problem to stop and then I confess it. What I want to do is to be able to sit in a room and not have to have the last say or mm -hmm. not have to have the first say or yeah. any of that kind of stuff. And the way it came down for me was um, I realized that I was hard to be married to mm -hmm. and I don't want to be that guy. You know, that's not what I set out to be when I signed up to be a husband. I don't, I don't want to make life harder for you. I actually got into this to love you and make life better for you. And so. When I finally realize I'm doing that, that's what the, that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I want that to end, and this is a, this is what I'm doing to cause that to happen. It, mm -hmm. it changed everything for me. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, and I think, I think the thing they're both saying. So to kind of make it general, to your point of making it general for other people, is I think you gotta, and we talked about this a lot in the habits thing, but just to bring it back up. I gotta identify the kind of person I wanna be. Mm -hmm. Like what is the person? Is it I wanna be a better husband? Is it I wanna be a better listener? I wanna be more engaged? Uh, it's probably not a shock to a lot of people. I also struggle with this, as both of the guys said they have. I often, um, my personality is I like kind of being the person who has the answer or has mm -hmm. the solution. I like being in that place in a relationship. 
And so um, I've had many people who were good. You know, anytime anyone says anything, you have something to add or you have an answer or you have whatever. And I realized, to your point, what I didn't like was I didn't like them saying those things about me. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, I, I had to get to a point where I go, but I want to be a person, not just seen as a person who cares. I actually want to be a person who cares. And so one of the things I did is say, okay, I'm going to put a new habit in place. Because it's often hard to start, and it talks about this in Atomic Habits, of whenever you try to stop a bad habit, have a new good habit to replace it with so that you're doing that. One of, one of mine was I'm going to ask more questions before I, before I inject my thing. So, you know, if it's my wife who's got a problem, because like you said, I think it's typical for a lot of guys, I want to just kind of jump in and fix it instead of going, you know, adding in, so how does it make you feel when mm-hmm. they do that or they say that or, you know, tell me more about the situation or anything that, and it's not just like, hey, I'm showing you I care, yeah. right. but actually trying to genuinely care because it, I'm putting myself on the back burner. So I think beginning with who's the person I want to be, which should come from not just, what is the thing I want to stop, but what is it in me that needs to change? Because there is a dysfunction in me that I always have to have the last word. Yeah. yeah. There is something that's not healthy that I always have to have the answer. In. I realized even, you know, and we all love Dallas Willard, and there's mm-hmm. a part where Dallas says you got to practice the discipline of not having to have the last word, and yes. it's really tough. Uh, the illustration I heard somebody tell about Dallas was being in Dallas's classroom he was a philosophy professor at USC and somebody some freshman student stood up and basically challenged him openly that he was wrong so take that in it's a 19 year old mm-hmm. who's challenging a tenured USC professor mm-hmm. widely renowned as one of the greatest philosophers alive and as soon as the student got done Dallas goes well that's the end of the class for today mm-hmm. he didn't answer he didn't correct and the person said why do you do that and he goes because I'm currently in the state of uh, not having to have the last word Mm-hmm. And uh, his thought behind it was, and this has been helpful to me, of uh, I trust that God has a way to fix things without me being the one to fix them. Mm-hmm. And I often feel like I am God's tool oh, yes. to yes. fix everybody that's standing in front of me, mm-hmm. so yes. I have to say everything I think. Yes. And back to what you were saying with <laughs> questions, there are a couple of questions that I just made a part of my vocabulary, specifically with my wife, but with people in general as well. I'll just flat out ask when somebody brings something to me, would you like me to help you with this? That's or, good. or what can I do to help you with this? Mm-hmm. And, if, and if sometimes my wife has said this to me, she says, nothing. I just want you to listen. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I will do that. Or sometimes, and then sometimes it's like, no, I want you to tell me what you think. Okay, once you've been invited in, mm-hmm. well, now, we've, now we're having a conversation. Before, though, if I inserted it, it was unwanted. That's a really mm-hmm. good question, you know? too. So, That's a really good question. I'm not as I'm 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 better at it. <laughs> if my wife is listening to this. I know I'm not perfect, but right. I am better. So one thing I know for sure, my wife is not listening oh, yeah. to this. No, that's true. <laughs> I don't think mine my is wife either. doesn't know where I work. <laughs> That's a whole other talk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's another question. I have put three down. We're going to get to three. Um, And this one's a little more serious, but it goes back to a discussion we had last week about sin and uh, and love. We talked about our definitions for that, and I think that's what this person was uh, keying off of. So they want us to clarify. Basically, the question goes like this. If someone uh, falls short, does something wrong, refuses to obey God, God's word, um, and we see that, um, 
what, is, what should take priority in our approach to that person? Loving them and not judging them or confronting that person or to, and their words were, or condemning others for their sins. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start and then we'll let, <laughs> yep. we talked about what we want to say just so we're not always stepping over each other, but I'll start with what I always think is the first thing. Uh, one, I think you've created a really bad dichotomy here mm -hmm. that love and confrontation are opposites. They mm -hmm. aren't. Yeah. They aren't. I, if I love somebody, there are times I have to confront them. So that's a false dichotomy. And I have to see sometimes bad behavior in people I love. So that's, judging is just me noticing. It's mm -hmm. really just me noticing. Yes. Uh, I, don't, I don't ever contemn anybody. So anyway, but then the thing is, my first thing, and then let you guys go, is I've got to ask the question, is this person a believer, a follower of Jesus, or are they not? If they're a follower of Jesus, then there's one conversation to be had. But if they're not a follower of Jesus, they haven't agreed to the standards of the Bible, so yes. I don't have any right to hold them to the standards of the Bible. Yes. I don't even, I don't personally think they're going to be judged by the standards we are. They're going to be judged by whether they follow Jesus or not. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's the only question. So my goal at that point is to get them to that point, not to some, in fact, I think the church has done a lot of damage by trying to judge outsiders and getting them to moralistic behaviors yes. and not Jesus. Mm. And then we get them to act the way we want, and they still don't follow Jesus, and we both are fooled. Would you? They, they sort of think maybe they are somewhat of a Christian, mm -hmm. and we sort of think they're somewhat of a Christian because they're upholding some moral standard, yes. yeah. and, and they're not. Yes. And then on the other side, like you said, judging and trying to move the moralistic standard on the outside, but then often on the inside, not dealing enough with a, a brother or sister, just often just saying, Oh, I know you're. I know you're dealing with this problem in your marriage, and you know I don't want to say anything, and I don't want to do this, and you know, you know, forgiveness is going to cover that, so I don't even need to say anything. But that is the person I am by nature. If I love them, as you said, it's not a false dichotomy. If I love this brother or sister, I should feel this obligation to. Hey, I do see this problem, and it's hurting you, yeah. and it's and it's hurting your 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 spouse, or it's hurting people in your life. And often we tend to just fall back on, well, I'm not perfect. And, you know, and, and, and it, it could certainly be susceptible here where we're like, hey, no perfect people allowed. And not. we feel this thing of, well, I'm not perfect, so I can't say anything. But love is not about anything about no. perfection. And I think it goes to the point even you said on the other part of this, um, on the last question of often we want to move into the seat of God on this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. When you talked about like the, the condemning part of things of, Condemnation is me moving in and saying, I am setting some final judgment on you as a Fix person. Fix this today or you're going to hell. Yes, it's I am I placing that something. That's, no. not, that's not my authority. That's not my place. My, my number one job is to love you. And as you said with judging, judging is just a discernment thing. It's like think, instead of thinking of judging as like a, we think of judging often as like a judge with a gavel. It's more like judgment in terms of like a judge at a uh, America's Got Talent. <laughs> like I'm watching and I'm discerning uh, a performance and saying, okay, that was whatever. But it's, it's the matter of, I see this. This didn't hold up to the standard. I know that. It's not a judge, a con condemnation of you as a person. It's a, this is... Yeah. this is an issue that needs to be fixed. I think the back to what you said about the, sometimes we set up that false dichotomy between, you know, love or condemnation, which back to what you said, we don't condemn people, we condemn sin. Right. And that, Jesus even said, I didn't come to the world to condemn you. I, mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's, mm -hmm. that's a whole other conversation. But 
the, the reason I think we can say that that's a false dichotomy is because of what John said in the very first chapter of his gospel. He said, when Jesus came, he brought grace and truth, right. which is what those two things are. It's the truth about what's right and wrong, but the grace that comes, and he was the perfect he didn't have half and half. No, he was hundred percent grace, hundred percent truth. So we can't say you can't. You, it's one and not the other. We got to walk in the way that Jesus did, which I believe he brought hundred percent of both. Exactly. And I think he's the he's the example we look to to say how do I walk in both? How do I live as a person that is one hundred percent fully saturated with grace, but at the same time has not compromised one single bit in the area of truth. So if we go back to our definition last week of love is me directing my will toward your good, and I see you doing something that is for your damage, mm. me caring enough about you to bear the weight of you probably being mad at me yeah. mm-hmm. uh, means I do love you. Yes. And the person that stands back and goes, I love you, so I don't wanna, I don't wanna chance this relationship by saying anything. And you do have to then bear the weight of, I got to figure out how to say it as well as I can. I want to, I want it to be heard, so I don't mm-hmm. want to say it in a way that they can't even hear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot of prayer. It takes a lot of emphasis, but it's me directing my will. And some of us, like me, have the will to, well, just say it. They just got to deal with it. No, that's mm-hmm. not right. I got to get no. my will, and I got to get in a way that they can hear it. But they still have to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are my brother or sister, and so it's my will for your good, and I'm willing to pay the price. The way of the cross is always going to be the cross, which means somebody's going to have to sacrifice. Somebody's Mm -hmm. got to carry the burden. And with us loving each other, I have to carry the burden of that, which is I'm going to continue to love you even if you get mad at me. And I would also say if if I'm loving enough to point out something in someone else, I probably am not ready to do that until I'm prepared to bear the burden of whatever it is that they are carrying with them, alongside of them. I can't come to somebody and say, this is wrong, you need to fix it. If I'm not willing to say, what can I do to help? That's right. Because we are the body together. That's right. And so when I come and, and confront somebody with something I see is detrimental, I also am bringing myself in with that to say, and I'm here with you. Exactly. What can I do to help walk you through this or help walk you out of this if, if that's what you're ready to do? That's, that's part of my responsibility. And that takes me out of the seat of God in that moment yeah. because what I'm doing is, you know, to your point about Jesus' grace and truth, it's not even necessarily my job to bear the weight of all grace and truth. It's my job to, let's go to Jesus together on mm-hmm. this and let's walk this together because Jesus is the solution to this problem. We ultimately want to go, you know what, it's my job. And we do that, I think, with everything when it comes to trying to to win someone to Christ or anything. We want to play every role in the process of, and what ultimately comes down to is my argument or my defense of Jesus or anything. That's what's going to save this person's soul. Jesus is the one that saves everyone. Mm. And it's my cooperation with him that makes this thing happen. And so I remember, I don't remember where I read this, but I think it was a tweet actually, but there was a pastor who said he was, he was talking to his congregation and someone came up to him after the message and said, oh, so you're the pastor, so you're the guy who has all the answers. And he said, no, I'm the guy who points to the guy who does. Yeah. And I think that's our relationship in everything. Is I'm not, I'm not even the one who has to know the full answer of how to fix this problem or even what's all wrong. I can come to you and say, hey, this behavior... Do you think this lines up with what God wants for you? Do you think can we can we walk through this together? Can I help you in this? And I'm walking with you. It's not my job to come in and say 
bah, bah, bah on everything. It's my job just to come in as a brother or sister, be willing mm -hmm. to address it and say, let's talk about this. Let's move towards Jesus because in the end, I can't make any decision for them. Yeah. True. All I can do is come and say, I think this is damaging you. I think it's damaging your relationship with God. Will you work on this and can I help you? Is there something we can do? Presenting that request to them, I think it's huge. Awesome. That's all our questions for today. So we did answer those questions. Three. We, we have more. Three of them. We there are some more. more and, uh, but we're we'd get like more. We, 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 we would like more. more. You keep sending them, we'll keep answering them, and we'll get to as many as we can. There's already at least two or three in, in the list right now that we're going to grab next week. So. But who knows? Yours might be better. And we'll jump and it, it to the top of the list. You can jump to the top. You got a great question. Yeah. So if you send in a question you didn't hear it, come back next week. I bet okay. you it will be here. It will be here. All right. So... Let's get on to Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. What did you guys think about that opening experience? Uh, I just loved it. Me too. I, did I too. just loved it. I loved it. it. I, uh, it, was, it was really emotional for me. Mm -hmm. and, uh, me too. Even, you know, because I'm here all day and I see run through, it was emotional for me to run through. And then uh, the noon service at Churchburg, I was standing in the back instead of up front where I'd seen it the other times. And I was just off to the side. And in, it really, it just was very moving to me. Mm -hmm. It was very, very moving to me. Yeah. Uh, the whole experience of the spoken part, the song, it was just all really cool. Mm -hmm. I was the narrator at Ashley Park. Mm -hmm. and I had, to, I had to do it enough times to where I would stop being so emotional or mm -hmm. else I couldn't get it all out. Yeah, so. I couldn't imagine. I would have cried. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in rehearsals I did. I was choked up the whole time and, mm -hmm. and there was that one part at, the, at the, the last part that I said which had to time out with the music and I was mm -hmm. very aware of that. And so I was just, uh, I did not want to lose my train of thought mm -hmm. and get caught up in the emotion of it. I wanted to deliver it, you know, to where people could feel that, that you were mm -hmm. talking about. So mm -hmm. I think I did okay. Well, well and I've heard from both campuses people that talked about it. Didn't yeah, you? I did too. Yeah, I had I people talk to me about it and yeah, how much they loved it. And, mm -hmm. and then the worship afterwards, I thought oh, yeah. the songs afterwards, uh, you know, it was, it was a really, it was a good day. The yeah. whole, the worship mm -hmm. experience. Often, you know, I tend to think of, because it's a part we play, of how the message go, uh, Sunday was good even if the message wasn't good. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, I'm saying, yeah, Sunday, yeah. That's Sunday good was, for guys like that. Yes, Sunday, it takes Sunday, a lot of pressure off. Sunday was good even if that didn't go very well. So, yeah. you know, it was all good. Yeah. So, so we started the new series. Uh, we're going to be spending a lot of time on Jesus. That's, that's a good right. thing. Hope that's all right with y'all. That's a good thing. Uh, that also weeks. takes some pressure off of us. It does. He carries a lot of that it weight. Does. So. It does. Why well, he's Greater. Yeah. yeah he's hey. Greater than. Look he's at greater me. Than. Greater than the three of us for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're taking a fresh look at Jesus and specifically what he came to introduce to the world. And so here's a question I thought of. It might spur some thoughts. Over the years, have your thoughts on Jesus grown or changed any? And if so, how has that impacted your relationship with him? Mm -hmm. My thoughts on Jesus and his relationship to Christianity have certainly changed. Me too. Therefore, my relationship to him has changed because I was just not, I didn't have him sitting in the right place, I don't mm -hmm. think, mm -hmm. that I did, and uh, or what he came to do and the position of us as the body. And as that's gotten cleared up, uh, that's helped me a lot, a yeah. lot. And, you know, it's a good thing, you know, you've been, I've been a Christian a long time now, and there's parts of my my faith that are, and I hope this is always true, I'm, and I, I am becoming a different person right now than I've been ever, which is good, and there's some 
bleeding edge of my faith where it's right out on the edge that it's just so cool to me. Mm -hmm. I'm not really all that ready to talk to people about it because it's just it's just rare, very, very fresh, but exceptionally cool. Mm -hmm. That uh, anyway. And I'll I'll, I'll I'll jump in. My I, my apologies because this will be the second reference to discipleship. Hey. <laughs> since I've started the discipleship uh, group that groups that I've been in, um, part of our rhythm is reading through the Gospels yeah. over and over. And at first it was like really, mm -hmm. yeah. and the, honestly, the more that I have done it the better it has gotten for me because I am just immersed in Jesus and what he said and what he did. And, and, it, and you just start to get real familiar with yes. his spirit mm -hmm. and who he was. Mm -hmm. And it, it does bleed into me, I, I think. It, uh, I hope people in my life would say that. Uh, I feel as if it is. Um, yeah, so the three of us are six years in discipleship. So yeah. mm -hmm. for those of you who might think, hey, they're talking about a program, I'd like to do the program. This really isn't a program that no, we do. No. It's, it's a lifestyle that we want to introduce to people, which it seems like that's what Jesus is talking about in Matthew yeah. 28, go out and mm -hmm. disciple people. He doesn't like, hey, I've got this neat 13-week course for you mm -hmm. to go out and do and they'll all be done. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So six years, you know, and I'm like you. I just keep... I think I understand Jesus better than I have in all the previous 40-something yeah. years of doing this thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. And both of these guys have been uh, following Jesus a lot longer than I am because I wasn't alive for a lot of those times. But uh, <laughs> Thanks for pointing <laughs> that out, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, obviously I think for me my faith is just constantly in a state of I'm just learning new things about Jesus. Even like, and I'm, I'm sure you all maybe have similar things where it's like I'm learning something. It's like, oh, I'm going to teach this as soon as I can. Because it's like I just learned, and it's like it's just things that come out of it. And it's, it's uh, I think for most of my life, my relationship with Jesus was, was more, um, I saw it as Jesus was really concerned about getting me to heaven. And it was really concerned about, everything was just about, uh, hey, you, you've got all these problems. I'm just going to take care of that. Then you get to go to heaven and everything down here is just really like this waiting period. Of, mm -hmm. And I probably had to get other people involved in all that and all that kind of stuff. But as, I, as my faith has grown, I really do see that, and I don't remember who says it, phrases it this way, but I love it where they say, it's, Jesus is not as concerned with getting me from down here up there. It's more about getting up there down here and about getting the life of being with God, which is all that heaven is. Yeah. It's me just being with God for eternity. It's about getting that in me right now and so the thing you talked about and I think discipleship is just a huge part of this of just the more you're with Jesus in scripture uh, and just spending time with him and then in prayer and in all these different exercises with some other people with some other people oh, yeah the people are invaluable Jeez. I've tried to do yeah. it the other way you can't the do people it are way. the people are invaluable yeah, yeah absolutely and the more that you're doing that it does become and I love the way it's just like knowing his spirit more I feel like I'm constantly learning things about him that start to feel like he is just with me all the time. Almost that closer than a friend part, I think, is mm -hmm. the part that has actually become real. I said it most of my life. I taught it most of my life. Mm -hmm. And then for the first time, I'd say, like you said, like it really since discipleship, it actually feels like that is a reality for me. Well, and, you know, as a guy at my age, I'm very hopeful for you two guys who are both younger than me that uh, this does become a thing. You know, I just think you both, your families both, the church, wherever you are serving Jesus, 
your life and all the people impacted by you are going to be better just because of this understanding. And, yeah. And I, uh, I don't have any regret about it because, I, honestly, the Lord doesn't lead to that. I just don't feel any regret. I was where I was, and he's okay with that. And, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, he's, he, this is all good, but I wish, I wish I had known it 30 years ago. I wish I mm -hmm. knew it when I was your all's age. Uh, well, I don't, I don't think it matters at what point you, you started or finished. I, I think we're all going to wind up at the end of this life, stand before God, and think, wow, how yeah. much I, how much yeah. I could have had, how much I missed, you know. Well, so. I think to this question, I think it's, I mean, this is just a truth about growing up. I, I remember I was talking with someone, and they said, if you get to a point where you don't look back at your understanding of anything when you were 20 or when you were 30 and go, wow, I really did not know what was going on, then mm -hmm. that's a problem. Yeah. If, you, well, if, you, if your viewpoint did not change when you were 20 or, you know, when you were 15 and now you're 35 or you're 45 or you're 55 and you still think about things the way you did when you were 15, that is an issue. Because your understanding of the world's different, and certainly the more time you spend with Jesus, that's the whole point of it, is that He's changing you. And as I as I get closer to Him, I go, "Oh, you were a little more blurry than I thought you were." Because yeah. I was standing back here, and you're moving close, and I'm moving close, and I see you a little more clearly now. Yeah, I I have said that all along. I look back, I I really do sense that I have people that are my age, and when I talk to them, I go, "It really feels like the last new thought you had was in 19." 72 <laughs> and about anything and right the, you like only the music you like you mm -hmm. like only you still have the same thoughts politically you have everything there there hasn't been much thought and I, I look back about every two or three years of my life and go mm -hmm. that dude was 57 what an idiot yeah mm -hmm. and I convinced and <laughs> I'm gonna know in a few years everybody looking at me going that 60 year old Ed was a stupid guy yeah. I probably <laughs> will think that too probably soon. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else from Sunday? Anything that didn't make it into the message that you want to? There's throw always out? there's always stuff, but it's really just more nuanced stuff. You know, I put some maps and and I'm going to do that at least the weeks I teach. I'm not trying to force that on anybody else. I <laughs> for you guys to do that, Thanks. but I'm really not. <laughs> I just uh, there are always things I would like to point out because you both know, and I guess people know, I love history and mm -hmm. getting to teach through the life of Jesus just lends itself so much to talk about the surrounding history. And uh, I would love to talk about more about that, but there's just, there's a lot there. There's a lot. Mm -hmm. There's a lot there yeah. that, uh, but not necessarily get where we were going. So, right. no. and nobody wants to listen to me talk about that all afternoon. No. So, <laughs> I do think there's an importance to the way that you, you, you tell it Sunday. And I know all of us are planning because I've, I've read their messages leading up and uh, I think the way that we're trying to approach it, of really grounding it in this story or narrative, but grounding that in the reality of what happened. Because, you know, almost going to what we were talking about, views of Jesus that change, I think there almost is this way that a lot of things we look at, like Jesus is closer to you than a friend. Most of my life that was almost, I always thought of that as just kind of like a metaphor mm -hmm. than what it is. But then understanding that that's a reality of life with God and that because these things existed in reality and Jesus says, it's better for you that I'm going away because I'm going to send this Holy Spirit. It's going to be closer to he you. He really meant it was better. I'll he be meant with it was you better. to the very end. The very he end. was serious about that. He was serious Right. And so when you see that and you ground it in the reality and these don't feel like fairy tales, they don't even just feel like, oh, this is a good moral teaching and you understand that they're just stories. And often we even do that, you know, when we, when we try to, um, are taking little bits, like when you're talking about the devotional part, you take little bits and you want to kind of go, oh, well, let's, 
Sometimes, you know, what's the greater moral meaning behind this? Sometimes it's just a story. And they're saying this is because this happened. Yes, this is a happened. He was a real person and he lived at a real time and this is history. And I'm trying to show you a glimpse of a life that you could live in your, with your family, with your personality, with yours, that you can extrapolate from that. And you can go, I can do that too. And I think that's just huge because most of my life, I've always kind of viewed it that way of, you know, oh, I get it, he's closer than a friend, but it didn't feel real. And then when you actually get into, like you said, I'm doing this with other people, which is why you should get into discipleship and not just be in this series. But you get in, in, in those kind of things. And if you can't, if you can't, you know, if, if a discipleship group's not open at the time, get into a small group where you can at least talk about it with other people, you know, once a week, not every day, but once a week you can get with other people. And the more real it becomes to you and you understand this is a reality, this can be the reality of my life. Because I think that's the... I think that's the greatest tragedy I hear when I even just talk to other believers is this almost, it doesn't feel real to them. And I just feel so sad that it's like, oh, but this is a reality. This could yeah. be life of saying, oh, that just is so difficult. And Jesus really says, no, it's easy and it's light. Once you accept this is just reality and when you get your life in line with that. Yeah, awesome. What are we talking about this Sunday? I, I haven't looked over the message yet, so I have to remember. He doesn't it could be anything. Send a I, question in. I believe, I believe this is Jesus. Uh, I think I'm looking. I'm doing an overview of Sermon on the Mount. I believe that's ah. what it is. I'm okay. Al, I'm almost positive. What are you doing the next week? Do you remember? I'm doing the uh, the fish story about the disciples. Yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm Sermon on the Mount. I'm okay. almost positive. Okay. Maybe not, but I think so. Just to be clear, so y'all don't think that we just make this up as we go. We write these messages Way in weeks in advance, and then we come back to them the week of. So yeah. he hasn't come back no. to the message. No, it's not like he hasn't written. Yeah. No, I just wrote I'm, something for I'm, the end of March. What I'm so. thinking about now is actually a message yes. that I'm writing for the last week of March right. mm -hmm. that I've got to get done. So that part of this series is at the front of my yes. mind. Starting tomorrow, I'll shift gears yeah, and, get on, and get on that because i got to prepare for Sunday. But I, I'll awesome. bring it all back to the front. Yes. I think that's I'm sorry. I should have prepared for that. No, <laughs> that's okay. It's not like I didn't know that question was coming, but yeah. I just didn't prepare for it. That's okay. <laughs> all right. Now we move on to the top five the, the top, top five. five and it is nathan's week to present the top five so take it away my my friend all right so um i was thinking through different things i don't really know how this top five came to me um but i decided uh, a little while back i heard a band name and i thought oh that's a good band name and then i went and looked up and listened to the band and they were not at all what I expected them to be. And so I thought, you know, there's probably a lot of bands out there that are like this. So I came up with a list of the top five deceptively heavy metal band names. Wow. <laughs> it's really specific. But I think we're going to have a little fun with this. So these are band names that when you hear them, you go, oh, I bet that is a killer Heavy metal, metal band, like death right? Metal even. Well, yeah, just all, and we got all different kinds of metal in here because I, many of y'all don't know this, and this is a little deceptive. You may not know this ahead of time, but my good friend Jason Collins here is big metalhead. He's a metalhead. I knew he was gonna big big <laughs> metalhead. Me out. I'm gonna say he's a little deceptive. I don't think I would. I don't think I would look at Jason and go, "Oh, this man, this man is playing some Primus." But I don't know. Are you? A, are you a, uh, not not one of my top. Okay. Top all right. Bands, all right. Who is your favorite? Well, band? no, that's for his next top five. Uh, top five metal bands. You know what? I might do my top. Top five metal bands. That's good. On That's my good. next one. So I'll tell this Stay just tuned. for anyone who enjoys good anecdotes. So I don't know if you remember this. You uh, and my wife and your wife went and played trivia years ago. We did. And uh, we were so it was fun. We were having a good time. But the final question was something about metal bands. 
And I said, oh, thank God. And one of the questions was some, was some incredibly niche Swedish death metal, death metal band. And Jason was like, oh, I, you know, Sorgenglaben. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, that's who it was. And actually, I was like. Actually, well, it was Opeth. Okay, there you go. You ever heard of Opeth? No. No, I haven't. But he knew it, and I thought, okay. So I thought, you know, based on that knowledge of Jason, I thought I'd do the top five deceptively heavy metal band names. So these bands sound like they're heavy metal. All right. They are nothing of the sort. Okay. So, oh, wow. Okay, so the number five is a band that's called Black Lace. Now, when you hear mm, Black Lace. That sounds tough. What I first thought is that's like an all-female, like, band. death metal band. band yeah. You know, Black Lace is like, mm. All right, get ready for some thrash. And this is actually their number one song on Spotify. Uh, they are, I'll just give you a heads up, they are party music like for children. <laughs> and the number one song they have is a song that's called Agadoo. They're American. Okay. But All right. Agadoo. So uh, DJ Joel, spin that. Come on, Joel. Do we have it? We don't have it. We don't have it? What's happening? Is it playing? We're not hearing it. We're live. All right, y'all are going to have to look that up yourself because it's live, so we didn't get to hear it that one. It worked good in rehearsal. It did work All right. good in rehearsal. We had it better in rehearsal, but that's so, okay. Y'all go to Spotify while you're there subscribing to our podcast. And, and you can look up Agadoo by Black Lace. Hmm. So, so we're going we're gonna to hope that uh, that was just that one song. Maybe the next We're going to try this next one here. Or, right. or maybe he's playing it and we can't hear we it. We can't yeah, hear maybe it. Maybe y'all are hearing so, it we're not hearing it. So y'all are like, what we'll is never wrong? Know. Or... Joel has left. <laughs> just <laughs> just just going to sleep. tired of Ah, there, there he goes. Is. So this is the... This is Agadoo. This is Agadoo by Black Lace. So they're playing that over Somebody. at Monkey Joe's? At Monkey that Joe's. Sounds, the Monkey Joe's. Push that apple. I don't know what that apple means. Apple on a tree. I don't know what that means. I don't know why you're trying to push anything on anybody, but... All right, why don't you cut that? Why don't you okay. cut that? All right, that's good. That's good. Good all job, right. Joel. Thanks, Joel. We got Only it. Only four minutes late. That's all right. <laughs> I just wonder why a children's band named themselves Black, Black Lace. Lace. And I almost brought a picture, but it's just two that's middle-aged scary. white dudes, and that's the name of that's wow. the name of their band. So there you go. I'm I'm skeptical. I am too. Okay, yeah. go ahead. All right, so the next name of the band, uh, this is uh, the so number four is a Primal Scream. Now that sounds That's, heavy metal. That yeah. sounds hard. It's gotta be heavy. It's gotta be heavy. That sounds metal. aggressive. Yeah. They are a jangle or pop. Or it's one group. of those going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't knock it to you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So Primal Scream, they are a jangle pop group. Jangle so like. Uh, I don't know what that is. Mainly used in commercials and such. Okay. So here we go. Uh, right. This is Primal Scream song, Moving On Up. Today, down at the Ford dealer, we've got Tauruses. Yeah, for sale. there you go. See, exactly. Come on in, see oh, Jason. Wow. I bet you've actually heard this song on a commercial because I've heard it when you hear it coming up. By the but. way, any Ford dealer still got a Taurus, don't go. Taurus. <laughs> Poor Taurus. Horrible choice. Right, cut that out. Cut Joel. that. Cut that, DJ Joel. Wow. Cut it. Cut it. So that's Primal Scream. Not primal at all what scream. you expect. They're not screaming, nor are they primal. No, not very primal <laughs> at all. All right. All right. So this next group, this is number three. This is an indie folk group okay. named O Death. <laughs> oh, death is the I name bet, of this I band. I bet they're blast at parties. I bet it is. Right here. Once again, sounds like some kind of like alt, really death metal group with death in the name. But Oh, death actually sounds a little like this. Go ahead and play it. This is uh, Simon and Garfunkel-esque. It does. Yeah, I want to go to sleep. The name of this song is Bugs. <laughs> and we're <with> bugs. <laughs> 
Damn. They have some sweet harmonies though. That's, that's Bob Dylan. <laughs> now listen. There's nothing more metal than this. You know who this sounds like? It sounds like the Shins. Well, I thought so. I thought the, like shins, the Shins. The I Shins. Like the shins. Fleet Foxes. All, right. all in that thing. Fleet so cut Foxes. that. Cut Which, that. I, even though I'm a metalhead, I do get into that as well. All right, that's good. That's yeah. good. He also likes John Denver. <laughs> Don't out me like that. <laughs> He's now out of all metal groups. <laughs> they won't let him back. Now I'm done. They'll never let me into a metal show. Country Road. All right. all right, here we go. So number two. Country Road. <laughs> Number two is actually not the name of a group. It's just a single artist, single person. The band name, though, the artist's name is Destroyer. Isn't that a Kiss record? Oh, De it is. Destroyer. Yeah. That sounds pretty hard. Yeah. Destroyer, though, is uh, more in line with, like, this is pretty, this is like indie electronica. It sounds to me like if you've ever heard LCD Sound System. Has an LCD or like, uh, or like The National. Like, kind of has Ooh, wow. that That's feel. Yeah. So here we go. So this is Destroyer's song, Kaput. Go ahead and play. Okay. Like the Smiths, yeah, but with some electronica. Brooding, very brooding. I see the. Where you I don't like yeah. whatever this move is. The tap. Bring me a wine cooler. But I don't know what this is. <laughs> it bothers me. Cut that. Got I, it. I don't oh, agree. Wow. I don't, I don't agree. like that. All right. Uh. All right. And finally, the number one deceptively heavy metal band, and this isn't necessarily just because of the name, but it's also because of the music they produce is the farthest thing from metal. This band name is Savage Garden. And Savage I've Garden was a big boy band pop group yes. in the 90s, but they were very ballad poppy. Like, they, they didn't have, like, some they fun were. hits. Their biggest hit, and many of you will know this who, who lived through the 90s, I'll go ahead and play this song right here. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it. This is a song called uh, Truly Madly Deep. I know this song, unfortunately. And now, this is the one you danced to in middle school. I was about to say, this is your eighth grade semi-formal. Yeah, this is it. This right is here. what this is what you played right here when you awkwardly danced with your partner. Yes. We should have brought Kelly Davenport in to dance for us. Oh, that would have been great. Been <laughs> Let's make that happen next time. All right, you can cut that. That's you can cut that. that. So All Savage right. Garden sounds like a hard name. You're like Savage yes, Garden. Sir. Savage. And then it's those two guys singing that song. So yeah. anyway, there you go. The top five deceptively this heavy is, metal bands. This is band also names. my top five bands that I will never listen to. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I'm just giving I'm helping. I'm helping people. Thanks a lot for eliminating those from my musical repertoire. You're, I will you're also welcome. take suggestions this week on the questions of any topic. Five. He's next. Yeah, you, you are the next, next top five. You want, it, you want to hear some top five? Mine's already said. I got to bring my top metal band. So <laughs> there you I go. That's I what like I'll it. do. I my like top it. metal bands would be zero. Yes. There you go. It might actually scare some people when I bring mine in here. I'm, well, I apologize got, in advance. Some well, of them definitely want to hear it. You know, the term heavy metal actually comes from Steppenwolf, yeah, which is your which is your era. Yeah, I didn't really care. Born to be wild. Okay, well there you go. Born to be wild really doesn't fit though. No, it does. It's just where they use magic carpet ride. No. No, it's a little... No, they're like psychedelic rock. Yeah, they are. Something like that. All right, well, thanks again for tuning in. Hope we uh, entertained you slash answered your questions Helped slash gave you something to listen to on your commute. I don't know. See you so, Sunday. Yeah, be here Sunday. Sunday. Yes, please. All right. Peace.